Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me and Hughes. In this episode I was delighted to be joined by Caroline Donaldson for a conversation about how people can believe, people can achieve amazing things and that really it's all about people and us doing stuff and us committing to stuff and that's simply what makes the world go around. Lots of hints and tips in this conversation with Caroline and about how we can really start to focus on what we can do and calm ourselves down and look for the joy in our life and not get so frustrated by the things that we believe that we can. A great one about self-awareness, about thinking about behaviours. I hope that you enjoy it. Caroline, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. No problem. A pleasure. Yes, we've met recently, but do tell me a bit about you. Right. Well, I've been around a long time. I feel a bit like a dinosaur, Anne. So I've run my own business for nearly 32 years. And it's been a mix of consulting and coaching. Um, mainly, well, obviously people, business people, but organisational people. And now I really coach um, only. I don't do the consulting. And I have the pleasure of working with a whole lot of lovely senior people in the main, some of them in teams, but on the main, in the main, they're individuals. And I just am the luckiest person ever because it's so enjoyable. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So I know you had listened to Colette's podcast a few weeks ago because that's how I met Colette through you too. But I'm looking forward to hear what you are going to answer this with, Caroline. So tell me, what do you know for sure? Oh, wow. Well, um, I certainly know for sure that people can achieve huge things, just enormous things. And they also make the world go round. So... Everything we have in life is at the root of it is all about people. And we can all do much more than we think we can do. With some of the stresses and strains we have in life and some of the pressures that some of us find ourselves in is when we have our most breakthrough moments often. So, And if you get high performing, when I was doing coaching at the very beginning, it was um, a company called Inside Out. And they coach, they used sports coaching thinking and methodology yep. um, and bringing it into the business world. So, I mean, that's 29 years ago because, uh, and that was very early on of, of business coaching. And when I think about that, it was very much around how do you drive high performance? Mm-hmm. And that whole thinking in your head, how do you get rid of the distortion, get rid of interference? have that lovely, calm, focused concentration so you can be the best version of yourself. And if you took sport, like a tennis player or, you know, football or whatever, if they have something interfering in their head, they just don't play as well. And that's, yeah. and you mean, Andy Murray's a brilliant example of a Scottish tennis player that we watch all with trepidation um, because he's for many years had that. You can see it actually visibly when he comes on the court. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that if we think differently about stuff and we really play to our strengths and, and focus on the things we can do and not focus on the things we, we can't do or we think we can't do, we achieve amazing things and we are much, much more playing to our strengths is better for us actually it's very good for us yeah so that's what I know for sure great and I really I do resonate with it and I, I, I'm total convert I believe what you're saying but the question I want to ask that I would have figured that maybe some of the listeners could be thinking is 
how do you find that focus? Because sometimes when, and, and I know this, so I'm a convert, and I know if I start to stress and I start to worry being freelance when things are coming to an end, then it'll feel as if nothing's coming. And yet when one bit of work comes and I go, oh, fine, then another three bits of work come because I'm fine and because I'm spotting the opportunities and I'm yep. speaking to the right people and all the rest of yep. it. I don't yep. have the answer because I'm still, I'm only five years in, so I've got quite a way to go until I've got your experience. But I'm still in that place where sometimes I get it and I get it just right and other times I don't. So if you yep. did, do you have a tip for how we can get into that space? It's really interesting. The, the, the tip I know that works for me, because I have exactly the same problem, Anne, mm -hmm. is how do you calm yourself down? So that you calm not just your body down, but your head down. Because when we're stressed and anxious, we can't think straight. And it's just how it is. So we have to breathe. We have to relax. You have to have joy in your life. Yes. And find stuff that makes you joyous. Because otherwise, that little worry, whatever it is, whatever we want to call it, will just not go away. Because the reality is the reality. I mean, like you, I might have, well, I've got business for next month, but I don't know what I've got for July. Yep. No, July, August. I have no idea. And I'm all right about it because I know I'll be okay. Mm. So there's also, there's two lines, isn't there? There's a keep calm, know what you know to be sure about yourself. Like, I'll be okay because I've had years of being in this situation. So I know I'll be okay. Whatever happens, I'll cope with it. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have a sort of, in the sticker rock, if you cut down the middle of you, that's a sticker rock. What does it say? I'll be okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh -huh. And and so that self-belief that you'll be okay is essential as well as the keeping yourself calm and have joy in your life. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I certainly use on myself and I try mm -hmm. with my teenage daughters and I'll say to those yeah. that I'm working with as well is about being in the feeling of a good thought. Because if, if I can spend my life in the feeling of a good thought, then actually my whole life is going to be just brilliant because I'm always in the feeling of a good thought. So when I get overly stressed about anything, I try to think about something that makes me really joyful, as you say. And yeah. if I sit in that thought for a while, instead of sitting in my yeah. crazy thoughts, because we've all got the yeah. crazy thoughts, haven't we, Caroline? And that's the problem. Yeah, and we mustn't let them run because they've been perhaps running freely <laughs> on their own. And you think, well, who put them there? Well, I need to tell you, you put them there yourself. So we need to take control over our thinking. And so if we get our mindset focused, I think that's that, that question, how do you get it focused? And I think if you focus on the things that you really value in life and yeah. what you want your life to be and what you appreciate in life, and focus on that, and that I'll be okay, or it will be okay. And also, when you find yourself, and you're conscious of it, you're running along in the anxious, oh no, I'm in that state, you have to shift in that moment away from that. Mm -hmm. And and I used to, I, I used to use that, no, that's not like me, that is not like me. And I would kind of say that to myself, because nobody needs to know what's going on, because it's going on in your head quietly. But I would say that these words to myself, no, that's not like me. And it would shift me from being that that we worry that must have come from, from our upbringing because it all is in there, stuffed, you know, stored or whatever. And we have to work consciously as we become adults on what are the things I want to be thinking about myself. So I need to consciously work at that yeah. until it becomes a habit. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll be taking us a bit left field here, but I was think I was speaking to my sister about this at the weekend, and it seems like the most obvious thing to say to you next. 
have you heard of Eckhart Tolle before? Yeah, Eckhart Tolle. Who? Eckhart Tolle. He's like, no? all right, he's like one of the most famous sort of, if you're into spiritual teachings, he's ah, one of them, right? right. So you're okay. not into that very much. No, obviously not. And, Sorry. And, no, that's no bother. And he talks about that moment where you realise you are not the thinker, but you're the observer of the thoughts. Ah, that's interesting. Right. Now, I quite like that that notion that the thoughts are just coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. It's like I'm in the train station. If I get on the wrong train, the wrong thought, I'm going to get off at the next stop. I can watch them go by. I don't necessarily have to take responsibility for them. So that is me now believing that that is innate, that thinking is just a big thing that's up there and some of them come through my mind and some of them go through your mind, but they don't necessarily belong to me. Is that a wee bit too left field? Or do you get where I'm coming from on that? I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I think until we take responsibility for the thoughts in our head, mm. then we're never actually going to take responsibility in full for ourselves. Mm. And, I, and, and some of that, that comes from a, a piece of work I did a long time ago. I mean, mm-hmm. you're talking about a long, long time ago. Yeah. And it was um, a guy at a conference, and he was wonderful. He was Irish. And you know the Irish accent and everything, chat. And he was talking about how imagine your life is on a three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're trying to get that in your head. And so your life, that's you, you're on the stool and it's got these three legs. And these three legs are so important. And one of them was you are unique. Yeah. There's no other person like you. So you have, only you have got your, what well, we know about the thumbprint, but your DNA, only you have that combination. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that also the way your brain is wired is, is unique to you. So that uniqueness was quite interesting. And that really got me thinking about what would you do with stuff that's unique? You look after it, you're special. And mm. so why not look after yourself? Yeah. So then the other leg was only you put the thoughts in your head and only you can control the thoughts in your head. Mm. So no more have to's, all choose to's. It's not somebody else's fault. It's my choice of thinking that has got me here. And that was so freeing is the word. So I sat there feeling special and now free. Wow. I was like, what's happening next? And the third leg was, and you're accountable for all your actions. Mm. And that's the hard bit, isn't it? That's the rub. Because if we really truly believe we're responsible for our own thoughts and we put them and we choose, some of them we don't choose to put there consciously. There's, you know, a huge portion of our thinking, well over probably 95% is unconscious. Yeah. So we don't actually know where we, 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 we have to catch ourselves to, uh-huh. to realize what we're thinking. But that accountability bit was, I thought, was really important because if we don't take responsibility and accountability for ourselves, then we could let ourselves off the hook. Yes. And I, so I really liked that. And that became a bit of a, a thing for me. And I went on the programme and I did all that work, but that three-legged stool was the start of it. Yeah, and the accountability thing's huge. Like you often work yeah. with teams and that mm-hmm. is usually, like, mm-hmm. if you were to boil down all the problems and all the teams I've ever worked with, People take uh-huh. accountability for themselves, their actions and their responsibilities. It's probably the nub of the point. It's like that is what's gone wrong here, isn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have these problems if they had only seen what mm-hmm. they were doing and why were they doing it if they'd only uh-huh. known. Yeah. But then people get emotional and I think that's that's the other bit that happens. And so I work with, as I was saying, about individuals and teams and, and, and some of the dynamics that we have with one personality and another personality 
and the difficult conversations we have to have, whether, you know, particularly in leadership roles, um, sometimes these conversations are tricky, you know. Yes. So we have to be really conscious of what we're doing and how we're doing it. So we can learn skills and behavioural stuff as well as mental things, you know, things we think to be true about ourselves and about our thoughts. But if we don't take a, a like conscious effort to do that, then we will be operating in almost remote control mm-hmm. out of habits. And, and I've mentioned the word habit before, because we are trained, not trained, we are tuned as human beings to be habit forming. Yeah. Because we don't want to use our wonderful brain cells to be constantly thinking about what we're going to do now. So the habits are formed so we can operate like that without thought. Yeah. So some of them, though, need to be questioned. And if we start becoming a bit more self-aware of our own behaviours and therefore our thinking that generates that behaviour, then we can do something with some of our thinking. Yeah. And see, if you, as you think of everything that you know now, because, look, you're very steeped in it, aren't you? And it's odd, isn't it, when you write in this stuff and you go and speak to somebody and they've never heard of it before. They've never no. had anybody tell them, it, tell them they can achieve great things. And so it's mm-hmm. all new to them. And so you continually, mm-hmm. I would imagine, having done this for as long as you have, go between this stuff is really well known and it's principles of how I live my life to, oh, this is completely new for this person. Yeah. Or yeah. you then meet the sceptical people and it's not new for them because they've been told it before and it doesn't work and it's a lot of rubbish. Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. What's that like? That, <laughs> so what's balancing all those plates like? It's interesting. I think it, it's understanding, that, back to that self-awareness, mm. um, understanding yourself, your strengths, the things that you're really good at. And, and the other word that I really focus on is energy. Yes. Where do you get your energy from? Mm-hmm. So, so many of us are in things that don't give us energy, are doing things that don't give us energy. And we're working in things that we're frankly quite bored in. We're not stretched. We're not learning. And if we are, we're not learning the right stuff. It's not good stuff for us. So that, that self-awareness is absolutely key to opening the door to discovery. Because if you're not self-aware, what are you going to discover? And and if we could get into that mindset of our thinking generates our behaviour, and if we think certain thoughts, guess what? Our behaviour will end up being whatever it is because our emotions are going to be um, whatever, you know, like positive. So if we think, I, I talk about useful thinking. So I've got a lot of people say, well, I can't do that. that. That won't work for me. No, I've tried it before. You know, the usual. And I go, so let, let, let me change the words there and said um, something like, well, it might work 50% of the time. And imagine it working 50% of the time. Or actually just reframing it all together and have a different thought, like I'm going to give it a go and it doesn't matter, it doesn't work. I mean, what does work mean anyway? What's what's It's working. What's a failure? What's a success? So trying to get them to think differently, even about their own words that are in their head. And they immediately find their emotions are a wee bit different. And then they're a bit more relaxed, a bit more joyous and a bit more, you know, good endorphins instead of the old doom and gloom ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's interesting, I think I've used before, like, and I say it a lot in the teams that I work with, is what does success look like in this area for you? Because mm-hmm. actually, what does it look like for you? Not does it look like for the directors? Not what does it look like for the outside yep. world or for your competitor? What does it look like for you? Yep. Jean, doing the job, what does success look like for you? 
and actually that's something that as freelancers we say ourselves a lot what would success be like for me here people aren't often asked what success looks like for them so they never go on the journey of discovering it yeah and so then they never meet it don't they not yeah Uh uh-huh shame poor souls that's a shame untapped but back to the untapped and and I have some clients will say I'm really frightened about doing whatever that next job is or stretch and I go but if you don't stretch yourself then you stop learning and if you stop learning you actually start to die Mm. you know you all we all have to learn and I I don't mean it's all got to be in work it can be outside of work we all need to be doing something though that stretches us and and gets our brains working Mm -hmm. differently Aye. So, yeah. being seven seven times less as, as long in, in the freelance career doing the work I'm doing as you, are you glad that 36 years ago you took that leap and you went to work for yeah. yourself and you learned yep. all this stuff? Yep. Never, ever regretted it. Never looked back, never regretted it. And it was partly, it came from, so I worked for a company as a consultant and um, was enjoying the work. So I really realised I love this work. I love the variety. I love the different clients. I love the people I meet. I wonder how how I can carry on doing this. But I didn't want to work in that atmosphere of the organisation or the culture anymore. Yeah. And then you start becoming, I mean, I'm pretty cynical. I've been around the block so many times. I think you'd start looking at, well, what, what kind of culture do I want to work in? Mm. And I'm pretty independent anyway. And I think when you are working with clients on your own, you have to turn up, show up and do your stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, on your own. You, although you are in a team, you, you're not got the team with you. Uh-huh. So it just became sensible. I just did my own thing, really. And um, yeah, it was it was sort of brave. But I thought, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And that's another thing. Think out the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. I don't earn any money for six months. Oh, well, that could be a bit of a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. What did happen was I got pregnant at the same time. That was never a good, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know the timings. <laughs> oh, great, great. Thank uh, you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom with us, Caroline. No problem. It's been a pleasure, Anne. Pleasure to meet you. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.